0: UCLA's got a key matchup against the Trojans, but they're going to sweep USC. Let's talk about why here on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it's Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, your D1 play-by-play broadcaster and Locked On UCLA host, diehard Bruins fan. Thanks for tuning in to this episode and making it your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts and it's available on YouTube, so like, comment, hit that red subscribe button. Thank you for your support. In the meantime, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Just visit Locked On. Just visit fanduel.com slash on today to get started. As we get started for locked on UCLA, the Bruins have a crucial matchup against USC for Mick Cronin and the bunch coming off a, a loss that ended the lengthy winning streak for the Bruins as they come in 17 and 3, 8 and 1 in Pac 12 play, USC 14 and 6, 6 and 3 in Pac 12 play. And at the recording of this podcast, the Bruins are two losses clear of anybody in second place. For the Pac 12 regular season title. As Mick Cronin noted in his media availability, as we'll tell you once again right here, this is the first repeat matchup for UCLA in the Pac 12 season. So, nine games in, they finally get their 10th game against somebody they've already played. And not only already played, but played just a couple of weeks ago down to the wire at home in front of the packed crowd. If you've already forgotten what happened in that one, UCLA 60 to 58 win. A late comeback from USC to take the lead when trailing by 18 at the half before a late Jalen Clark three on a missed shot that was batted out. Singleton hitting Clark in rhythm bucket three, Robert Horry, Robert Horry esque for, you know, those Lakers fans and UCLA was able to sneak out with the win that did not make one Mick Cronin too happy after getting outscored 32 to 16 in the second half after putting up 44 first half points. What's largely going to be interesting about this matchup is which team on either side will come out. Is it the first 20-minute Bruins or the second-half Trojans? And depending on which side comes out playing like their better versions will dictate the pace and who will have the lead possibly going into the deeper stage of this one. We're expecting a crazy crowd as per usual in the last few years as it's been in the Galen Center for the USC side of things. And for a UCLA team that lost last year at USC, won three in a row at home in the Pac-12 tournament, and then once again at home, taking on USC, McCronin certainly struggled against Andy Anfield, as he always says has the highest of respect. Well, what's it going to take to beat USC? Well, Despite what they did in the first 20 minutes against the Trojans, SC went small, taking Josh Morgan. He had 19 minutes played, two points, was a non-factor in that first game. SC went small, and what led them to coming back? Well, instead of their ice-cold three-point shooting, they scored at will in the paint against the Bruins. At will. And mind you, Adembona played 33 minutes in that game and had a couple of blocks, but he was the only defensive presence In that second half. And mind you, as I kind of tease with our most recent episode, when does UCLA struggle? When Jaime Hawkins Jr. struggles offensively. And when Jalen Clark doesn't get more than a steal. Clark, with one steal, Hawkins didn't shoot the most efficient that night. And UCLA, after an early booming first half, watched SC be a lot quicker, get in the paint, and score a lot of easy points. But for the Bruins, these are the things that can lead them to victory against SC. One, UCLA, you got to see what SC struggles with. In five of USC's six losses, the Trojans have committed more fouls than their opponent. The only time they didn't commit more fouls than their opponent was when they lost to Florida Gulf Coast in the season's opener at home in the Galen Center. And in most of these losses, SC has been outshot in free throws in every loss but one and that was most recently against Arizona when both teams shot 21 free throws. So largely, it comes down to, can USC play defense without fouling, or can USC watch UCLA get in the paint? Can the Bruins get in the paint against the Trojans, get maybe Josh Morgan in foul trouble, or the latest newcomer, we'll talk more about him, but Vincent Chukwu, get him and make him into foul trouble, the 7-1 center. Can they drive in the paint and earn points from the charity stripe and convert. UCLA was 11 of 17 against the Trojans. USC shot six free throws in that game, so largely comes down to can the Bruins force SC to play physical defense, but get the whistles going their way on the road. That's a tough thing to do. Where USC has won nine in a row at home at the Galen Center since their season's since the season opening loss against Florida Gulf Coast. That's what UCLA has to to deal with, considering. If USC plays without fouling, they can also be a little Jekyll and Hyde from three. SC, three of 16 from downtown, got a lot of their scoring done in the paint against the USC defense, UCLA defense that just was not there in the second half when the shots weren't falling for the Bruins on the other end of the court. So if UCLA watches USC dominate the paint and actually hit more than just 18% of their threes, this could be a long night for the Bruins. But if they can play some good defense on the wing, We'll talk about Amari Bailey returning. But UCLA, they've got what it takes. If they can get them some calls, it's tough to do that on the road against your bitter rival. But if USC can't play defense without fouling and they're ice cold from three, the Bruins can guard the three well and continue to be one of the top-ranked teams defensively. Again, you can go through the Kempom ratings. You can go with the eye test with the amount of turnovers they force or the numbers with turnover margin. UCLA simply can find ways to win games by forcing turnovers and keep you ice cold. That's what it's going to take for UCLA to win this game. Who were the stars for SC last time? It was Reese Dixon Waters, who scored 16 points off the bench. I believe 12 to 13 of those came in the second half, as he was a perfect 7 of 7 from the floor. For UCLA, there wasn't anybody who had a spectacular night. Even Tiger Campbell was 3 of 14. David Singleton, who was 3 of 8. A Dambona 3 of 5 from the floor, 8 points, 10 rebounds, almost getting that elusive double-double. But it was Jalen Clark with the big game-saving 3 to win the game for the Bruins in the final seconds as they held off those final few seconds against USC. So can the Bruins won? force turnovers? Against SC, they struggled to force turnovers the first time. The Trojans only turned it over 10 times. UCLA only turned it over 8 times. So that was very, very close to being the only time this season where UCLA did not force more opponents than their turnover. And UCLA thrives offensively off their defense, not turning it over and then forcing turnovers by being the number two team in the country in turnover margin. So one, can the Bruins dominate the paint and just not let SC get easy points in the paint? Which SC team will show up? The one that's hacking the opponent, fouling more than 20 times per game, which is what usually leads them to a loss. Will the Bruins hit those free throws? Or can the Bruins get some turnovers? Even if SC hits a couple of threes and hits it at a 35, 38% clip, or the Bruins forcing turnovers and turning those into easy buckets. Those are all things to look out for in this matchup against USC, which I think UCLA will win. But we'll tell you what's different from the last time these two teams played. I've already given you two names. You probably were like, Did he play against USC? Did he play versus UCLA? No. We'll talk about them after we tell you about FanDuel. Yeah, FanDuel. We're excited. We are excited about our new sports betting partner with Locked On. They've got the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that makes betting on sports fun and easy. If you're a new customer, it's as easy as this. If you bet your first $5... You'll get $150 in free bets guaranteed. You don't even have to win that $5 bet. You'll get $150 free just by placing your first $5 bet. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, and it's got all your favorite bets, money line, point spreads, player props. You know, the big game's coming up in a little less than a few weeks. You're going to love your player props. You're going to be loving to bet on these AFC, NFC championship games because that's where you want to bet with your NFL playoffs here right now. You can have bigger payouts with same game parlays. It's all on an app that it's safe and super easy to use. Again, don't miss out your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose at FanDuel.com slash LockedOnCollege. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Again, the official sports partner, Sports book partner of the NFL and of Locked On. As we cruise on into this next segment of Locked On UCLA, kind of told us, told you guys what happened last time. What does UCLA need to do to try and beat SC for a sweep in the regular season against the Trojans, get an elusive win on the road in the Galen Center? But two key factors that can make this game intriguing are one, SC has additional size. And two, while we're not sure how much, Mick Cronin pretty much all but confirmed we will have an Amari Bailey signing against USC. He was on Rogan and Rodney in the middle of the day earlier on Wednesday and talked about, yeah, pretty much Amari Bailey, we're going to see him, need to get him acclimated once again to more of a game-playing role and fixated on what his role will be moving forward, my words, more than his. But he's just got to pretty much get back back in the playing shape and figure out what that role is moving forward. And again, Mari Bailey gives UCLA another 6'5 player who could maybe divert USC's success at scoring at will in the paint like they did in the second half against the Bruins. However, USC can counter with Andy Enfield with Vincent Iwuchukwu, a seven-one forward from San Antonio, Texas, who, mind you, he has a great story in terms of bouncing back. He collapsed literally in a summer workout. If you've missed this, go look it up. It was written about in the LA Times, and they probably talked about it during the first broadcast between UCLA and USC, and always generally talk about it with SC. But Vincent Iwuchukwu, a seven-one forward who can combine with Josh Morgan, Iwuchukwu collapsed during a summer workout in July. Went to the hospital, had to deal with cardiac arrest issues, was hospitalized, and has since battled back to not only be healthy. But play, and most recently for SC in their win against ASU, he was a key factor. 12 points, 7 rebounds, and he's just 4 games back. Wasn't really a factor in those earlier games recently for SC, but then had a very good night against ASU. And even Mick alluded to it about, hey, it's a little different with Iwachuku, considering they've got Josh Morgan, one of the best shot blockers in the country in terms of, most shots blocked overall, who can truly alter UCLA's success in the paint? They can just let him fly if they want to go big. They could play him both side by side, and all of a sudden, you've got an almost Arizona like lineup where they could go side by side and go big for big and find a way to stop UCLA scoring in the paint and score at will in the paint, like they did, albeit instead of going small, they can go big. So Amari Bailey, if SC wants to go small and he can get some key minutes, could help UCLA get a bucket where they have a cold, dry spell for a long time, right? Like they did against SC for, what, eight minutes the first time? He can go be a different guy that SC didn't have to account for. But what UCLA has to account for is another big who could maybe make an immediate impact in a way that UCLA did not game plan for the first time around, what Andy Enfield didn't even even use in that second half surge against the Bruins. So those are two X factors. Who between Iwuchukwu and Amari Bailey will have a bigger impact on this game? I know that's putting a lot on Bailey coming back in his first game. Is now expected to play against the also, although we're not sure by how many minutes he'll get. It is important to see which one of these guys can impact this game specifically. If Iwuchukwu is out there getting a double-double, well then... That might have to take away the prediction of me saying UCLA will beat SC. If he's out there putting up double double numbers, then I don't know what you can do about it. He he can do big things for USC. But if UCLA finds a way to just limit him and SC goes small and the Bruins can handle that, then UCLA should be able to come out with a simple, simple close, gritty grinded out win. Again, this is a 7-1 freshman from San Antonio who's coming off a 12-7 and effort against ASU in only 14 minutes play. That's how much of an impact he had in SC's most recent win. So if he comes off the bench and they go big by big, this will be UCLA's weakness, their lack of interior depth at the in the post. It depends, can Bona out the bigs between Morgan and... And now Iwachupu, can he stay out of foul trouble and not force Nuba and Etienne to come in 30 seconds in the game like that happened against Arizona? Those are all key X factors that won't be answered until we see how this game is played. It'll be X's and O's. Does SC go small? Did SC go big? That's things that Mick Cronin now has to account for when kind of battling in the end field on the road in a raucous environment. I know it's the third straight crazy environment UCLA UCLA will have played in at ASU, Arizona, and USC, but we should be excited for which guy between Bailey and Iwuchuku has a bigger impact. If Bailey's numbers look similar to Iwuchuku's, I think that gives UCLA the edge. It could be two points and two rebounds. It could be nothing important, but those numbers look similar, then that will favor UCLA. If Iwuchuku... Is outplaying Bailey, and that's not a matchup you're going to see one v one. But if Iuchuku is dominating, and that could be an eight points, seven rebounds, right, couple blocks, and Bailey hasn't helped and provided much, I'm assuming off the bench, then it might be a long night for the Bruins. That will be a key to look out for. That is the two. That is the revolving door of what UCLA has to deal with between these two guys who did not play the first time around. That could make a difference. Again, I say UCLA, close win on the road at SC. We will react to it after the game is over. We'll try and give you our best thoughts, whether it was heartbreaking, whether it's fun, entertaining, boring, whatever it is, Bill Walton will be entertaining during the broadcast with Dave Pash. We'll watch it all. We'll tell you after the show, the game is over. But to end this episode, we're going to flip back to the women's side because bracketology is showcasing, hey, they're either not knowing what they're doing or UCLA may not be as respected with Corey Close's bunch. So now as we dip into Segment 3 of Locked On UCLA, UCLA women have just come off a road sweep in Washington against Wazoo and Washington itself, beating Washington 51-47, close win against Wazoo, or a better win against Wazoo. I believe Corey Close on Twitter was tweeting things about A lot of love for Emily Bessoir, how she was key defensively in those wins on the road, hitting some big threes offensively, and then just tweeting out little highlight videos of the locker room saying, This is what you need to do, just kind of praising her players, getting that out there on social media. I saw most recently, just the last day or two. So it's nice to see close giving her players some love. But why I'm highlighting the women in this aspect, in bracketology, For the number 8th ranked UCLA team, according to the the pollsters, UCLA, according to Bracketology, I'm using the ESPN one because this is the one, that has UCLA as a 4-seed in the South Carolina Sweet 16 Elite 8. They would have to play South Carolina in the Sweet 16 if they went through. They hosted their first, second round regional. They win that. They get through. And they're a 4-seed. Again, let's do our math. So, Think about it. The one seeds are the top four teams in the country. The two seeds are the top eight teams in the country. The three seeds, now you see where I'm going with this, are the top four teams or the top 12 teams in the country. You go down to number four, you get a top 16 team in the country. And then mind you, they're saying UCLA is the 16th best team in the country. If you're matching them up with South Carolina, who is the top ranked team and will be the top seed in the country. And I know they change things based on region, regionals a little bit and location. And considering Stanford will probably be a one seed out west, or on their side of the bracket, I believe they'll be heading to Seattle, the Bruins aren't getting much respect. Again, they just road swept. They dropped down bracketology. And against teams who are currently projected to be in the tournament, they are 7-2. and two. Marquette, who's on the bubble, they beat them in a neutral site tournament earlier this year in a tournament championship and beat them. They beat a Tennessee. They have all these wins against key opponents. There's supposed to be eight Pac-12 teams in the tournament. And while they have Utah and Colorado coming up, a three seed and a 10 seed respectively, to even earn more respect, UCLA, seven and two against tournament teams currently projected. Those only two losses, two one seeds at South Carolina and at home against Stanford. Their third loss was against Oregon State, who is currently a first four out. And that was without Charisma Osborne, a close five-point loss on the road. So every loss has been competitive. While the Bruins haven't blown anybody away this season, I think a four seed is not doing a bit, giving them a lot of credit. Because if you think about it, UCLA would have to be matched up. If you win, you get to an Elite Eight. You might have to play Caitlin Clark, I believe, who's in their own bracket from Iowa. However, you look on the other side, the team right above the Bruins in the seeding line is Utah, and that's who they play Sunday morning on the road in Salt Lake City. Utah's a three seed, so they're on the opposite side, complete opposite side from South Carolina. And in their one seed, Ohio State, who just lost to Iowa, I believe at home, to Caitlin Clark, who just put up a triple-double. So that's Ohio State, who is a one seed on the opposite side. If the Bruins get that three seed and you have to go on the Ohio State side of the bracket to get to the Final Four, sign me up. Put me in that side of the bracket. I'm not sure why the Bruins don't have that respect yet. They must not have the eye test. They must not believe that Osborne's healthy or they don't think that they can get through the grind of the rest of the Pac-12 season, which maybe is what, you know, you go through projections, you say, well, UCLA's good, but what's the record going to look like after they play the Arizona schools, Utah-Colorado? when they go to Stanford a second time in middle to late February and play them on the road in Maples Pavilion. You win against Utah, and if you can hold your own against Stanford, maybe beat them, maybe you can get that three seed, still have maintain that first-round regional at home in Los Angeles, and then find a way to get out of the bracket. As I said, you don't want to be in South Carolina's bracket. Heck, you don't even want to be in Stanford's bracket. You want to be in the Ohio State, who's currently that one seat. You want them to be your one seat because that's a very beatable team to get on the way to a potential Final Four squad. Any way to stay away from facing South Carolina in the Sweet 16, or even dare I say at the Elite Eight, as long as possible to get away from them, the Bruins should suffice. But again, seven and two against ranked teams, and or seven and two against teams in the tournament that includes a Jackson State, a South Carolina, a South Dakota State teams who are going to win their conference, or they're projecting them to be those automatic qualifiers for those opposing leagues, like the Summit, you know, going to those HBCUs across the country. Again, it will come down, as we most recently highlighted a couple episodes on Locked On to UCLA Go, that Charisma Osborne's health and efficiency can help the Bruins go forward. And yes, they do need some other scoring, especially from the bench, and depending on how the youngsters will play, how can this youth play with this one super superstar. Is it going to be a London Jones? Is it a Kiki Rice? Is it Hawkins? Is it Bispoir? Who is going to step up alongside Osborne? But hopefully she shoots at 40%, gets a good amount of shots, and plays well and is healthy come March. But the Bruins need to bolster the resume. Because if this is what the people around the country are thinking of the Bruins, they're a four seed? Is that really... What, it's accurate? I'm not entirely sure that is. You could go by the eye test, but the eye test said they competed with South Carolina for 35 minutes, on the road, in a true road game, competed with Stanford before an ice-cold fourth quarter with their star player returning from injury from a game ago or a couple games ago after they beat SC. A unique, unique place to put the Bruins. I'm not entirely sure they're a four-seed. I'd argue they're a three-seed, or maybe it's just kind of Based on how you have to seed them to avoid conference opponents, but a Sweet Sixteen match against South Carolina, yikes! You don't want that. That is arguably a worst-case scenario for a team that deserves better. They just have to go out and prove it this week, especially Colorado, who sits as a ten seed currently, just a little bit in the tournament, and then Utah. They want that Utah spot, being the number two team of the Pac-12, can put you put yourself on the opposite side from a Stanford and earn you a much easier bracket at home during the first weekend and very beatable teams in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight rounds to put yourself to a Final Four run. That is the bracket they want. The Utah spot that they're currently sitting in is the sweet spot. Heck, if you somehow go out and win the rest of your games and you're number one team on the women's side in the Pac-12 and tie for the regular season with Stanford, go do it. But the number two team in the Pac-12 could have themselves a sneaky good draw opposing whoever is a potential Big Ten champ. At least that's how it's slated as it is now. Whatever it is, stay away from Stanford and South Carolina as long as possible, and the Bruins can believe and get us all believing, and we can have both the men and the women in April competing in the Final Four, potentially, for a national championship. That's what it's going to take to go down and get some big dubs. Get some wins this weekend. Colorado and Utah, back and forth, get them Do it on the road in Boulder, in Salt Lake City, and make us proud. The only way to end this podcast, first off, tell you Locked On College Basketball. Good second listen. Talked a lot of basketball recently, so go make that your second listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, perfect for your viewing college basketball fans. March, just a little over a month away. Don't be caught with your brackets uninformed going into March because they've got it all across the nation. Who are the favorites, UCLA, get it locked and loaded. In the meantime, hit that subscribe button. Thanks for your support. Thanks for loving Locked On UCLA and making it your first listen each and every day. I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer signing off. Eight Clap Time, Bruins fans. Get your hands in the air, listening, or if you're watching on YouTube. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. UCLA. UCLA. Fight, fight, fights. This has been... Locked on UCLA, go Bruins.